Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. You don't have to be rich. You just have to have enough to cover your bills. Powerful words from our guest, Terry Egioma, the brains behind trade and travel. As Terry says, getting good, and I mean really good at trading stocks, isn't about being able to afford airplanes and Maseratis. 
but it's about learning a skill that can help you achieve so many money goals like paying off your student debt or just earning some extra cash to buy a house. Terry went from working in education and nonprofits to trading stocks, traveling the world, and teaching others like you and me how to do the same thing. This episode is all about the life-changing magic of learning how to trade stocks. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Compton-Game, where we flip the script on the old-school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. So you might say, Shauna, I don't have enough money to invest in stocks. Or Shauna, I don't have the time to invest in stocks. Or Shauna, I am not a math expert. And besides, don't most people just lose money investing in stocks? If you're asking these questions, you must hear Terry's story because she's just like you and me until the day she decided to learn a little bit about stock investing and then a little more and then a little more. And before she knew it, she was able to radically change her life. She has definitely, this is an understated word, inspired me. (laughs) Stock investing has always felt a little anxiety inducing for me, but after this interview, I got so fired up because Terry is just so infectious. She's the type of person you want to learn about stock investing from. In this episode, we're sharing Terry's story of stock investing, the mistakes she's made so you don't have to, what financial independence means to her, and why she's on a mission to inspire us all to not be afraid of investing in stocks. Well, Terry, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. I have been just almost Instagram stalking you <laughs> for, for quite a while now, and it's so excited to chat with you and learn more about your story, your, your expertise. So just thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Shauna. I'm so glad to be here. This is so fun. I, I want to dive really deep into your story, but I thought just to start out, I, I'm curious, why do you think most of us have a really hard time either understanding investing or getting started, like feeling like investing is something we can do? Like, Can you put your finger on anything? I think that a little bit of it is just word of mouth that it's something that can't be done. I think for so long, there's been this story that's told that only the banks are able to be successful in trading stocks, that it's not something that a regular person can do, that it's something that you have to know math for. And all those things are actually just myths. Oh, you have to have enough money. Like there's so many just stigmas put on investing that I think people don't even think to try. They're just like, ah, that's too hard for me. And they just give up even before they look at it. That would be my my first thought. Just the stigma around it has always been that it's for someone else, not me. I love that answer. And and my mission on this podcast is to blow up as many stigmas as humanly possible. So <laughs> so I'm looking that. forward to doing that. Yeah. And I want to talk about your story because I think it's a 
really good one to share. I normally wait to later on in the episodes to share your story, but I think it's a really important uh, perspective to frame our discussion. I know you were working in education, nonprofits, and you said about nine years ago, you decided to really get into stock investing just as this way to supplement your income. But you were so successful that this this side hustle turned into your main hustle, if you will, in, in 2017 or something around there. Mm-hmm. And you decided to quit your job, invest and travel the world. And I think a lot of people are like, well, that's so fantastic. But is that attainable for me? And I want you to just walk me through a little bit your story. You know, how did you go from working in education, nonprofits to thinking, okay, I'm going to start investing and in, like, maybe this thing could actually change my life. You know, when I was in high school, I actually was first introduced to investing. I went to this program called LEAD at Northwestern University, and they took us to the Chicago Stock. I say I call it Chicago Stock Exchange. It's like the Chicago Board of Exchange. But that was my first introduction to investing. I saw the traders. I saw like all the the numbers, and it was just (laughs) fascinating to me. And then that was the same year that Google had their IPO. So Google came out and and everybody knew Google and it was $83 a share. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) we got to get this stock. We got to get it. But honestly, I had no idea how to even make that happen. And neither did my grandmother. She was like, first of all, she's like, girl, we ain't got money for that. So that was was the first door closed. (laughs) Right, right, right. But then the second part was, okay, even if I wanted to buy a share of Google, how do I do it? I didn't know like how to open an account. I didn't know how to how to buy a share. I didn't know anything. I just knew that it was happening. So fast forward to like when I was in college, I interned at Morgan Stanley. And I remembered that experience of like, well, I know that Google was great, but I didn't know how to get to into it back then. So let me go intern on Wall Street and see if I could figure this out a little better. Went, worked at Wall, on Wall Street, and honestly, I didn't get any more answers because they don't really teach you how yeah. to trade for yourself. They teach you how to read spreadsheets, how to input data, and that literally was kind of my experience at in Wall Street. And then I also was a consultant, and it was like, you are the analyst behind the screen. You do the spreadsheets <laughs> and the PowerPoints, right. and that's really what you do. <laughs> yes. Um, but I knew at the same time that this had to be a thing because at you know, at the same time that I'm working these jobs and I went from from working on Wall or interning on Wall Street to consulting to nonprofit. So like I'm, I'm on this trajectory. Google is rising in price. So I'm like, if I had known how to invest, like I would be doing so much better for myself right now. And even we think about today, Google's like fifteen hundred dollars a share. And back when I wanted it, it was eighty three dollars. So I knew that it had to be something to this. I just needed to research it more for myself. So when the market crashed in 20, 2008, but then more so for me, it was around 2010 when I started getting like interested. I said, you know what? I'm going to figure this thing out. Some other people around me, I had a, a real estate agent. He was making so much money from stocks. I was like, I've got to figure this thing out. So that's when I started investing for myself on the side. So that's really how it, how it kind of came back around for me. And something I talk about a lot on the show, and I've seen you talk about it as well, is this idea of money mindset, something that I found working as a financial planner with people to be so powerful and almost like a missing ingredient. And I'm just curious, 
if you could share a little bit, like how has your own money mindset changed over these, over these last nine years, like going through this transformation? One money mindset that's changed is you don't have to be rich. You just have to have enough to cover your bills. That has been mm-hmm. like this huge transformational shift in my head because even when I think about stocks, a lot of people will say, you know, invest so that you can get rich and, you know, be on planes and have Maserati. You know, that's what you see on Instagram, all these like crazy fake pictures. Yes. Oh my gosh. I hate it too. I'm like, okay, yeah. Next, next, next. Right, right. It's like, I don't want that. I just want to be able to have enough money from stocks to pay my student loans. So I did that. I said, okay, you know what? Let me just see if I can make enough to pay my student loans off. Okay, check. I want enough to be able to buy a house. Let me see if I can make enough in stocks to to afford my mortgage. I actually paid for my house in cash, actually, with stocks and other businesses. So it's like, if you can actually attain small goals, those small things will give you more freedom of your time. So like I think of one of my students, um, Marriott, she actually has learned how to make enough from stocks to pay her bills so she can pocket her work check. And like wow. now she's like, I I feel good about going to work because I know I don't really have to be here. I also feel good about like my retire early plan because I'm pocketing my whole work check. So that mindset of like, how can I use stocks to just supplement my income has been a, an extreme life changing shift for me. And it is life changing. I mean, I I want to go back and just just dive in a little bit deeper into that point that you talked about. And I know you posted something on social media that you don't want to show people how to get rich from investing. You just want to show them how to cover your bills, like you're saying. Yes. And I think when you when you think about that, I mean, that really does start to tear down some of these stigmas because I think a there's a stigma that you have to be rich to start investing. And then B, there's also this stigma that you're going to start investing and maybe like suddenly you're going to hit the next big thing and, you know, you're going to get mm-hmm. this ginormous windfall. And both of those are very misleading. And I feel like it keeps people stuck in a place of either fear about this thing or also thinking, well, I don't want to be I don't want to be the person who's posting the pictures about the plane and the Maserati. So, you know, I'm not <laughs> even going to jump in there and do that. But I mean, I'm curious, like, do you do you hear a lot of these fears and and blockades from people, you know, most of the time when you start when you start teaching them? Oh, yes. One of the biggest fears is, Terry, I don't have enough money to invest. And what I tell them is the you can actually start investing with any amount. But I think like I use a broker called TradeStation. If you open the account with five hundred dollars, you actually get to trade in a simulated account with fake money. That's where you can practice. So you really only need $500 to get started. And then as you're learning, you can start practicing in a, in a fake account. And then when you get a little bit more, about 2000 I think that's where you can be a more active investor. And with that, I think your goal could be 1% of my cash amount on a regular basis. So if I have $2,000, I'm trying to make $20. Um, for me and my students, I try to tell them, okay, we're going to try to make $20 a day, you know, 1% mm. of your cash amount. But that starts adding up. At first, yeah. you feel like, just $20, Terry? What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> I'm, I don't get excited about that. But if you did $20 for five days, that's $100. And now if you do that for the month, that's an extra $400. And when you look at percentages, that's a 20% return on your on your cash. 
And then when you start thinking about it like that, you're like, wow, you know, I didn't even know hedge funds could make 20%, but I made 20%, you know, like it, it really does start to add up. You actually can double your account in five months just by making that initial 1%. And I, I don't amortize, so it's not like, well, Terry, you know, after you get 2500 the the 1% is more, okay, I right, get that. Right, right. But I, I'm just sticking with, if you just did $20 a day for five months, well, you just doubled your money. And you can think about that on any cash amount you have. But those small numbers actually start adding up. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. 
The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club, a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time, or just relax to a good book, listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club. Tune into the Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to the Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in the Daily Book Club. We have an Ask Shauna, and this one comes from Dat. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. My girlfriend and I are starting to look at purchasing our first-time home. We just had our first child, yay, and are thinking about a future home with more space. We are currently renting. The biggest hurdle for us is the down payment. What are your suggestions for saving enough for a good size down payment? I have a trading account with 5K in it, a Roth IRA with 11K, and a 401K with around 10K. I know there's an option where you'd be able to take out money from your Roth for a first-time homebuyer. Is this something you would recommend? We are probably a couple years out from purchasing, so I'm more interested in saving at this point in time. First of all, congrats on your first child. That's so super exciting. I'm hoping that you're able to get some sleep (laughs) and that the baby and mom are doing fantastic. And I know buying your first home can be really stressful. I remember the first time I bought a house and it was sort of like feeling my way through the dark and there are a lot of numbers involved. And even when you think you have the numbers figured out, there's more numbers that come flying in at you as you go through the process. So you're definitely not alone. Down payment is the number one issue for all first-time homebuyers. How do you come up with that size of money? And depending on where you live, that can be a lot of money, especially if you're talking about a 20% down payment. I know in big cities like Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, maybe even Austin at this point in time, Housing prices are going through the roof. (laughs) And a starting housing price out here in Los Angeles, where I live, is, I mean, at least a half a million dollars. So we're talking about a $100,000 down payment. That's a lot of money. But there are lots of other programs where you can put less money down. My best advice is to find a mortgage broker 
you're two years out, so maybe not right now, definitely closer to the time when you're thinking about buying, but get pre-approved with a mortgage broker to find out how much you can actually afford. And that's going to really give you a good indication. It's also going to help you from looking at houses that really are outside of your price range. But for the Roth, you're absolutely right. You can take out up to $10,000 of investment earnings for down payment without penalty. You can also do this from a traditional IRA. As well with a Roth, you can also take out your entire contribution amount, just not any of the investment gains without penalty. So I want to read some fine print rules here. So hang with me here just for a minute. But if it's been at least five years since you've made your first first Roth IRA contribution, you can pull out that $10,000 in investment earnings, uh, tax and penalty free to put towards your first home. The five-year clock starts January 1st of the year you made your first Roth IRA contribution, all right? Uh, Now, if it's been less than five years since your first Roth IRA contributions, you can pull out up to $10,000 of investment earnings to put towards your home, but you'll pay income taxes on that distribution. You're not going to pay a penalty, but you will pay income taxes. Uh, So... Another thing to to know is this 10,000 ceiling is a lifetime cap. So it's making this a one-time deal for most people and the funds must be used within 120 days of distribution. So you don't want to take the money out before you're pretty certain that you're house shopping, that you're going to buy a house in this specific time period. So the question of do I recommend it? Well, as anything, it depends, right? There's a lot of gray area here. I worked with one of my friends who was actually a musician, and she wanted to uh, take money out of her traditional IRA in order to buy her first house. She wouldn't be able to do it any other way. We talked through the pros and cons. She ended up going through with it, and um, she's built a very successful, almost real estate empire now from that very first uh, amount that she took out of her out of her IRA. So it can be a good thing. You you obviously have to recognize that if you take money out, you're you're lowering your overall retirement amount and sometimes potentially eliminating that amount. So that just means you need to make sure you have excess funds when you do buy the house to start rebuilding that retirement uh, portfolio, right? But I would say you know, start socking away some cash too. That way you aren't dependent on what the market does. You have another option where you can just turn to your Roth if you absolutely have to. But if you don't have to touch that money, even better, right? Let it continue to grow. Let it continue to compound in there. So I would say my best advice is just stay focused on saving right now, managing your money flow each month, finding opportunities where you can reroute some of the money that you're that you're paying for right now and reroute it into some sort of savings account. So can you get a better deal on your cell phone plan or your internet plan? Um, is there a way you can save on your rent? You know, any opportunity that you can have where you're not eliminating your lifestyle, but you're finding these little opportunities to just drive more money into savings is going to help you in the long run. And I would say when it comes down to it, if you're if you're kind of grappling over the Roth to take money out, to not take money out, 
hire a certified financial planner for like one session and have them really look over your entire picture. And that way you can get a professional opinion of what someone thinks you should actually do given all your numbers at that specific point in time. It's such a powerful concept and idea when you break it down like that. I'm curious from your own story, was there was there like a moment that you can you can pinpoint maybe? Was there like a moment where this whole like shift happened for you where it was from like, okay, this is my side hustle, this is covering, you know, some expenses to all of a sudden like OMG, this is this is something that can really like radically change my life. Yes, there was. So the last job that I had before I fully went full time as a trader was an assistant principal of elementary school. And this was one of those. Okay, I'm going to say it. It was one of those jobs from hell. Like I was (laughs) stressed. I was like overeating the people like my bosses were petty and they never knew what they really wanted. Like it was just horrible. And I love the kids, but it was just everything else. And I remember knowing that I needed an exit strategy. Like it was after like this, I had done this big project and they didn't appreciate it. And then my friend had passed away. So like I needed an exit strategy. And I remember telling myself, okay, if I could just make $300 a day, then I can quit this job. It will replace my income, just $300 a day. And there was one day where I was at my desk and and mind you, like I'm in this work environment from hell, like it's just crazy. And yeah. so I'm at my desk and I make $3,000 on a trade. Wow. And my my principal walks in at like the very moment <laughs> <laughs> that the trade goes through. So it's like, you're, it's like, it, it, I think the computer said something like, um, sold or something like that. And I had just <laughs> made the money. And like, for me as an assistant principal, my salary per month was 4,000. So I'm like, I just made my salary in a day. And then my wow. principal walked in and I'm like, I don't care what you have to say right now. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I didn't tell him that, but at least I had that. Like I've heard somebody say it's like that, that, um, F you money or I know I'm not yeah, even a cusser, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's that like, you know right. what? Like I could leave here at any time. So that was the moment where I knew, okay, this is a real thing. Like I need to put all my effort into figuring this out so that if my principal has something else crazy to say, like I that could be my last day and I'd be all right with that. <laughs> oh. I love that. That is such a great story. I love that. And I, of course, want to, I want to, you know, really like roll up our sleeves and dive more into the stock stuff. But before we do that, I, I know 2020 is this weird year, but I know you love to travel too. And, and it's definitely one of my very favorite uh, subjects, things to do. So I'm curious, like, do you have a favorite place you've been to? I just have to ask. I love Australia, actually. Really? I've never been. There are, so I've been to Sydney, I've been to Melbourne, um, but you know what, actually, I honestly would say in addition to Australia, I love Fiji. So I got a chance when I was in Australia, I got a chance to do something I have always wanted to do on my bucket list. I got to walk into the airport, look at the board, and just wherever they were flying, that's where I was going to (laughs) go. Oh! 
I've done that once and it is so amazing. I think everybody needs to do that once Isn't in their life. Isn't it liberating? Like, it, so me from my like normal cheap background, I would <laughs> never have thought of that before. I'd be like, no, you got to find the sales, go on a, you know, book it on a Tuesday so you get the cheapest flight. But this time I was like, you know what? I, I had been in an Australian airport. I had been in the airport for like three days because I had a like a standby ticket and mm. it was booked every day. And so I couldn't go anywhere. So I said, you know what? If I can't get on this flight today, I'm just going to pick a place on the board. And one of the places was Fiji. And I said, OK, fine. I'm going to Fiji. <laughs> <laughs> And I went and that was the most blessed trip that I have ever had. I, I was a solo trip, just me. When I went, I only had, and I know you want to ask me other questions, but I'll just finish this story real No, fast. go for it. I um, love <laughs> but when I went, I only had one night booked in a hotel. And I remember going and I was like, you know what? I don't know anything about where I'm going, but uh, let me just book this one night. And the bellman had come the day I was supposed to check out. And he was like, so where are you going next? And I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> I <laughs> I said, but you know what? I'm going to figure it out. Like I had to check out of the room. I was like, I'm going to figure it out. And he said, you know what? Go to the concierge. I want you to go to the concierge. So of course I'm like, I don't know who he is. I'm just going to figure this out myself. So later on right. he sees me near the, near the like little lobby. And he's like, did you figure out where you're going? And I was like, no, I didn't. So he tells me to go to the concierge. I go to the concierge and the concierge is like, okay, wait here. And just like does some things. He like makes a couple phone calls and he's like, okay, look, and I'm gonna make this really fast, but it's like the best story ever. So he says, I want you to just go outside. There's going to be a guy out there. I want you to get in the car and he's going to take you to where you're going. And I'm like, (laughs) what in the world? (laughs) It's one of those like this. I must be crazy to do this experience, but I'm going to do it. (laughs) Yes. And something I think this was like a God thing because it's because something gave me peace. And looking back now, I'm like. You could have been yeah, like you're kidnapped. Cr- you're like, crazy. What were yeah. you thinking? Yeah. But I got in the car and like the guy is driving for like 45 minutes. I have no idea where I'm going. But the only thing that saved me is he had gospel music playing in the car. So I'm like, okay, at least he's a Christian. I guess I, he, hopefully he, yeah, <laughs> he's like, hopefully I'm being talked to in this moment. There's, there's something being downloaded to me. Yeah. Right. And so we get to this place. All of a sudden I see like this oasis looking hotel and it's the intercontinental and they take me inside and the guy had told me when you get there don't talk to anybody just ask for I think her name was Mary ask for Mary so the people open up the door of the car and and they're like can we help I was like nope I need Mary don't can't talk to nobody just Mary (laughs) so Mary comes pulls me to the side and then she she goes on her computer again I'm silent I have no idea what is going on in my life right now but she like all of a sudden hands me over this paper and she's like I booked you in a room that's on the water. It's one of our VIP suites and we're giving you a discount because at this point in my travels, like I really didn't have a whole bunch of money left. I was still, you know, I'm I'm trading, but it was like teacher salary that I'm like using until I like get my trading off the ground. So I'm like, I hope this is not going to cost me a million dollars. And she's like, no, we gave you the local discount and it ended up being one of the top 10 beaches in the world that they had booked me in. All just. All just from going to the airport saying, I'm going there and Lord help me figure it out. <laughs> That's such a great story, though, because I think so many of us, especially this year, and, and I know we can't really travel anywhere, but this idea of of adventure, and I think even when you talk about investing as well, like it, it's this potentially exciting new adventure and you just don't know where life's taking you. And I think sometimes you just have to say yes to things and not worry about 
I mean, obviously, I don't want you kidnapped, of course, but, you know, not worry <laughs> yeah. about necessarily the end result. I think we're we're also used to like wanting to control everything in our lives and knowing yes. what's going to happen. And there's so there's so much freedom when we just open up and say, I have no idea where this is going to take me, but it's going to go somewhere. I'm just going to try it. I'm going to step out on faith and see where it goes. And sometimes that is the best experience in our life when we're just able to let go of control. And I love the fact that I can invest from anywhere. So no matter like where I am in the world, I can still make money to afford it and still go there. But it gives you that freedom of possibility that that I just didn't have before when I had to go to a school building every day. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's something that so many people can can relate to that that desire of that freedom. And one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, because I find this, I get a lot of questions from listeners, and this this tends to be a little bit of a, a sticking point. And so I'm just wondering if you have any insight in this. You know, how do you, you talk about finding good companies to invest in, and everybody is always asking me, okay, Shauna, I get that, but how do I find good companies? Like, is there a way to even break that down on a level that we can, you know, in this podcast to, to help people understand, like, what what is a good company and what are you looking for? Sure. Let me give a couple tips there. One, I'm looking for a company that's been on an uptrend for the last year. So if you all download CNBC app, that's a like CNBC is the financial channel of NBC. And I'm sure your your people are well aware of that. But um, CNBC app, you can go into a stock and you can actually see how it's performed over the last year. So I'm looking for companies that have been on an uptrend most of the year. And I know with with coronavirus and a couple of the vol like volatile things in the market, it's gone up and down. But if you look over a year time frame, then you can kind of see what the pattern is. Has it been going up? Then I look for what company is the best in that sector. So if I'm mm -hmm. thinking about, let's think about just music streaming. Um, well, who's the best company for that? Is it Pandora or? Shopify or not Shopify, um, Spotify, Spotify yeah. or YouTube or Apple. Um, all of those are great, but you're trying to find, okay, which one in there is the best? So what I would do is in CNBC, you can actually create a watch list. I'd put all four of those companies into my watch list and then I would just watch how they trade for a couple of weeks. The one that on good days does the best and on bad days doesn't go down as much. Those are the ones that I would consider investing in. Um, I made one of the biggest mistakes in my life one time, like putting all my money onto Pandora and I'm not, not the bracelets, but Pandora, the, the music. <laughs> and I thought they're just going to be the best thing ever. And what I realized is, wait, YouTube, Apple, everything else is better than the one I chose. And so sometimes you need to look at, okay, what are the competitors in this space and try to think of which one is going to be the best one in that sector. And sometimes just looking at how their stock moves will help. Um, one other thing that I would think about when picking good companies is don't think about how much money you have when you're um, trying to pick which companies to invest in. Mm. And I know that sounds weird, but this is what I mean. Sometimes if somebody has um, $2,000, let's say that's how much you're starting with. If you have $2,000, they think, well, I need to buy really cheap stocks because I don't have a lot of money. So they go for the penny stocks or the stocks that aren't very expensive. But many times those are not very healthy companies. And how do I know? Because if they were healthy companies, banks would have put money into them and their stock price would have went up. Mm. 
So those companies that are, are less than $10, a lot of times they're not very healthy. So instead of thinking, okay, I'm just going to go for the cheapest stock, you could use that same 2000 and invest in Google or I'm trying to think, or Chipotle in Disclaimer, I'm not telling you what to invest in. I'm just saying there's other companies that are good. You may only be able to get one share, but they move really like they move a lot a day. They Mm -hmm. might move 10 to $40 a day and you're making your goals even with that one share versus buying a lot of something cheaper that's not a very good company. Does that make Mm. sense? Yeah, it does. And I I like that approach because you're right. I think the human brain goes to, I only have this much, so I'm going to buy the cheapest things. And and I also love that you shared that you yourself, which I mean, I know to be a reality, but we always talk about the success. We never talk about when things don't go right. But you yourself has picked companies that, that weren't so great. And I think giving people the freedom in there that you're not always going to pick a winner is, um, to me, it's just a healthy way of, of teaching people actually how to do stock investing. I agree. And one other thing I, I will say that will really help in this is think about who's hiring. Like if we go into um, Corona again, think who was hiring during that time? Well, the tech companies were still doing well. All the work at home companies like Zoom and Teladoc were still doing well. If it's a company that's hiring, they're probably um, making money. So that might be another good little indicator that could help you pick a good company. Mm, That's a really good tip. Uh, Walk me through a little bit because I'm curious about this. Like a day in the life of yourself as a trader, what what does it look like? Like what are you doing in an average day? Yes, so I actually started trading for charity recently. I'm um and and someone can go to like my YouTube trade and travel channel if they want to see kind of how we're doing on a weekly basis. I report out how I'm doing, and so for the charity, I'm I'm trading a count that's like three hundred thousand, and I'm cha- I'm moving it up to seven hundred fifty thousand. And wow. every week, I'm reporting out on on how it goes. So the first part of the day, when the the market opens at my time, I'm Central Time. The market opens at eight thirty my time. So at seven thirty, I wake up about an hour before to see how the market's doing or from overnight is it down is it up and then I trade for about the first two hours of the market from 8 30 to 10 30 I'm usually looking at the computer looking at my cell phone and I'm a technical analysis trader so I'm looking at the charts to see where will price go after about the first two hours I've usually made my goal for the day so for the hub like my goal is three thousand dollars a day I've usually hit that in the first hour to two and wow. then after that, yeah, which is so cool. I yeah. have the rest of my day. Right? And people, people ask me about that too. They're like, how much time does it take? Well, as you become a better trader, it takes less and less time to hit your goals. So you can usually get it done and then have, have free time. And that's also helpful for those that are working still. Sometimes they'll say, well, can I work and do this? Yes, you can. Cause it's on your cell phone. You set your limits, set your alerts and go, go ahead and do other things. So. Quick caveat, Um, but for for the first two hours, I'm usually trading. And then after that, I work on like my trade and travel course because honestly, because if I wasn't, then I'd be bored and I wouldn't have anything else to do. So (laughs) so, so that's when I I get to do meetings and work with my students that are are learning to trade too. And, And then at night, I do tend to do a lot of things at night, like group coaching calls or I'll do like something on on YouTube or social. That's usually what my day looks like. 
That's so refreshing to hear because it's it's a relative the trading part is a relatively short amount of time which which does give you the freedom then to do lots of different things in life. I think most people think if I'm if I'm doing trading I'm I've got to be in front of the computer the whole time that the market's open and I've got to be stressed out and I've got to be, you know, all, fill in the blank with all of these words, but what you're describing is 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 a different way to go about it. Yes. I think that's why I love the idea of having small attainable goals that I can I can hit. So, if I'm averaging 1% a day, I could either try like on a daily basis to make that 1% or I could do a swing trade and a swing trade just means you hold it a little longer and make like 5% in a week. And with that, hey, I might not trade at all for 3 days, have a, a day or two where I I make my my goal and then not trade again. So if you have smaller attainable goals, it takes a lot less time and you're not worried as much. As much. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) And and I'm curious, so when you're talking about swing trading and you're holding on to something a little bit longer, like are you typically uh, have a stock and you're working with it for a short period of time and then you're either going to, you know, sell it and move on to the next stock? Like how much turnover is happening? I usually place about one to three trades a day um, when I'm like being really active. And then, like I said, there's other days where I'm not trading at all. Um, but the goal for me is I look at a chart and I can use the candlestick formations to see where where are the banks buying? Like what stock price does it seem like? The banks have a lot of interest to buy. And then what stock price does it seem like from the chart the stocks the banks have a lot of interest to sell? And I'll get into a stock where the banks are buying and then I'll let that stock price run until the area on the chart where it says they're selling. Sometimes that happens in a day. Sometimes that happens in a week. So it'll really depend on just what the chart says. And then I'll let that run until it hits my goal. Mm, Okay, okay. And how has your, just maybe, you know, I would imagine a lot, but just generally speaking, like how has your investing or investment strategy changed in in 2020 or maybe even what you're seeing coming up in 2021 are there any things where you're like okay i've definitely made some alterations here i figured out that i specialize in making money when the stocks go down like it's been like when i look at my (laughs) trading analysis when the stocks come down i like to short sell which is making money on the way down I'm just really good at making money when stocks go down. I love it. Yeah. So that's been one thing I've noticed. Like yesterday, I actually made $40,000 on the S&P when it was coming down. And it was like, you know what? And I was at the post office. So wow, (laughs) right on. It's just something I'm learning that I'm really good at. And then another thing is I'm learning that you have to, have to, have to follow the chart and not your emotions because there was a lot of time during quarantine this year where I just didn't understand why the market was still going up. It just didn't make sense. Like all this mm-hmm. bad stuff in the world, we're getting sick, unemployment is high. Like all of our feelings would say the market should come down, but it kept going up. And I had to remember like trade what the market gives you and not what you think should happen. That's such a good point. I love that. Because yeah, there's been a lot of like, this should, this should not be happening. What is happening? Like a lot mm-hmm. of, you know, people scratching their heads. So, so I love that. And I know you spend, you talked about it, you spend a lot of time teaching students in, in your course. And uh, walk me through a little bit, like, what, 
what happens in your course and like how feasible is it to somebody who maybe doesn't know anything about investing to go through this this teaching process with you and and come out you know being able to hit these different goals whether it's 300 a day or a thousand a day or whatever their goal is specific to them like how how reasonable is this for people to actually learn how to do this you know, there was someone, one of my students put a praise report in our Facebook group just today. And she was like, Terry, I just want to thank you for making investing approachable. Like she said, I've never thought that I could do this, but just your teaching style, you make it easy to understand. And it's something that I really do think like I can do this. And I never thought I could do, you know, I never thought yeah. I would. And it's really, it's really nice because in the course, I break it down into eight classes. So we start with intro to the stock market. So even the novices, they get the basics of, okay, this is a market like any other market with buyers and sellers. And I compare it to like a market in, in Nigeria where you're buying and selling cloth or in Thailand because you just really are negotiating between mm -hmm. buyer and sellers. Then we go into risk management. You can't do this unless you have a really strong risk management plan to protect yourself from losing. So I teach them that. And then charts, which I was telling you about, like the big crux of getting into a stock at the right price is can you read a stock chart? So we te I teach them that. And then I give them a trading plan. And the trading plan is where we get in that, okay, this is when I'm going to enter a trade. This is when I'll exit. You put some rules around it so that you can have discipline and so your emotions are not as high. If you're following the plan, then you can't trade just based off your emotions. So that's the first four classes, and we call that trade and travel because it's like the first half. And then the second half is where we go into VIP trade and travel. We start talking about, well, how do you make money on the way down? Remember, I specialize in that. So we talk, how do you short sale? Then I add in gaps in Globex, which is just another, it's like fun, it's a phenomenal trading strategy that just a lot of people don't talk about. So we talk about gaps in Globex. Then we take it to the next level with options in the last part of the VIP program. But I think what's really cool is one of my giftings is that I'm a teacher and I, I've always been in the administrative part. So I was like assistant principal. I wasn't in the classroom, but like, you can't be around teaching and education for 10 years. Like I worked in the administrative part of Teach for America for a while, helping to train the teachers. So you can't be in that and not know how to teach. So that's one of the biggest things I hear my students say. Like, and when I say students, they're like adults. <laughs> but like one of the biggest things that I hear them say is, Terry, you're a teacher. Like you yeah. know how to make it simple and break it down for us. And then I also, because of that, I also know how to kind of create a good curriculum. So it's easy to follow. It's laid out well. People are just really impressed. Like, wow, this is so organized. <laughs> it's like, just those you, little you. things. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think what is so great too, which is one of the reasons why I really wanted to have you on the podcast is you have a story that is not unlike many of us, you know, wanting to wanting to change our lives, being in a completely different sector. And more than that, I mean, you're, you're a female. And I don't always like to point out the gender differences. But for me, being able to learn from somebody who is who is a female, who has done this, who has, you know, mm -hmm. bro broken some of that good old boy club rules, to me is really powerful and inspiring. And I, I think that needs to be shared more. That's just my personal opinion. But I think, uh, you know, again, how you've been able to change your life and many other people's lives in a relatively short amount of time is, is pretty astonishing. 
Thank you so much. I agree with you. I love seeing women win and we're just not in this space very much. So oftentimes women feel like they can't invest because they always hear the men do it. And when the men try to explain, like I have a lot of students in the class are like, my husband won't teach me or whenever he talks about it, I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) So there's just something nice about you know, hearing it from a woman's perspective. And even I have men in the class too, but it's just, it's just a different perspective. And I think it really, really is helpful to teach novices how to invest. Mm, I love that. Well, I mean, Terry, this is, this has been amazing, but I want to leave everyone with, with some like inspiring words around investing is, is there something proactive that you can give us to do today to either start our investing journey or, or go deeper with what we've already started building? Is there, is there something we can really focus on that we can actually practically do today that moves us in that direction? Yes. I definitely think it's important to take a course before you start investing. There's been millions of people who have signed up for Robinhood and then they didn't know what they were doing. So they're just kind of playing playing with their money. So I do think it's really important to sign up for a course. And like, I, there's a parable that I love and it talks about the the power of the talents and this master he like gives money to three of his servants and two of them it says they immediately go in and in it says they immediately went and traded with them and doubled their money and then one was so scared that he went and hid it in the ground but the ones that immediately went and did something those were the ones that he came back and said like well done you good and faithful servant like you were faithful over a few things so i would encourage people sign up to learn how to do this and then just try it. The ones that have initiative and get started are the ones that will really be rewarded in the future. As you can tell, (laughs) I had so much fun talking with Terry. If she is half as fun teaching, I am absolutely sold. If you want to learn more about Terry, you can head to her free webinar at tradeandtravel.com. And she's got a ton of free videos on the Trade and Travel YouTube page as well. And for her course, if you're really ready to dive in, learn how to invest in stocks with Terry, head to https colon backslash backslash c-u-t-t dot l-y slash invest with Terry. Or an easier way, just head to the show notes and you'll find all the links mentioned in this episode. So thanks for tuning in and Remember, share this episode with a friend or someone you know that needs to hear more about learning how to invest for the win. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode.